Humanity is growing and connecting. Tomorrow's world needs more energy from more places. But to find our net zero future, we must overcome the natural constraints of many new energy sources. This is the Energy Transition Solutions Podcast, where we look at the energy challenges of modern life and the innovators finding solutions. Join us for a low-carbon, high-energy conversation with your host, Joe Battier. This views of the host are his own and should not be viewed as those of any business, corporation, or government entity. Hey, everybody. It's Joe, host of the Energy Transition Solutions Podcast. Can you believe I am almost to show 100? Now, with the 90 shows that I've recorded to this point, I'm sure that there has to be at least one success story, maybe two, hopefully more than two. What I want to do for my 100th show is to highlight some of these success stories that have come from this podcast. That could be somebody who is a past guest who wants to highlight a deal that came from being on the show or potentially a listener or viewer who has heard of a company, decided to go and invest or heard of something and that turned into some type of business transaction. Something along those lines, I want to highlight those stories. Or if you want to just call in and wish me some some well wishes or you want to call in and say that you want more of a specific type of show or you just want to say congratulations for reaching 100 episodes and still doing this, you can also do that. I'm going to listen to this. I'll probably re-record it, but if not, you will hear all of this for the next few episodes. And if you get sick of it, it's roughly two minutes long, so you can just skip through it. All right. Thanks, y'all. Now on to the episode. Hello, and welcome to the Energy Transition Solutions Podcast brought to you by AWS Energy. I'm your host, Joe Batier. This is the show where we bring you low-carbon, high-energy stories from the people solving the energy challenges of modern life. We are here recording at the Offshore Technology Conference. Big thanks to the OTC for allowing us to be here, and even bigger thanks to Fifth Ring for sponsoring the OTC Podcast Pavilion. Fifth Ring is a global B2B marketing and communications agency with over 30 years of experience in the energy sector and beyond. And its presence in Houston, Aberdeen, and Singapore enables the agency to help companies all over the world build better brands and sell more stuff. Learn more about Fifth Ring by visiting fifthring.com. The link will be in the show notes. With that, I am here today with Patrick Hansen, Senior Geothermal Development Manager at XPRO. So many of you may know XPRO, you may know the iconic lion, but you may not be as familiar with geothermal, and you may be wondering, like I'm wondering a little bit, why is XPRO and their Senior Geothermal Development Manager here at OTC? So let's get those answers right now. Patrick, thank you for joining me on the show today. If you would, please share with me and the audience your background and a little introduction to XPRO. Thanks, Joe. I've spent the past uh, 15 plus years in the geothermal industry, working in various sales 
marketing and leadership roles, uh, largely for the service sector, from drilling rigs to directional drilling uh, completions, and now with Expro. Um, I've served on the Geothermal Rising Board and have been recently elected to serve on the International Geothermal Association's Board. So um, I'm very plugged in to the geothermal industry and uh, championing the efforts to make it more widespread, understood, and uh, accepted by all. Um, I was born into the industry. My father spent 45 plus years drilling and operations on the geothermal side. So uh, needless to say, geothermal has been in my blood. Um, I think my job at Expro is a, a great example of the reality of energy transition, the reality of climate change and climate action, and the fact that a long-standing premium geothermal, sorry, premium oil and gas service provider focused on well integrity decided that portfolio advancement and sustainable energy solutions was a clear part of their future energy mix and, and, and direction. And so they started a portfolio advancement department, which is focused on geothermal, it's focused on carbon capture, um, and, and several other new and emerging technologies that will allow Expro to stay on the front end of um, the proactive and progressive nature of what energy transition has evolved in. OTC is uh, a bit of a new venue for the traditional geothermal scene, but as Expro is a long-standing oil and gas energy solutions provider, it made sense for myself to be here, not only on behalf of Expro, but on behalf of the geothermal industry. Um, and we can get into that later, I believe, with, with Geothermal Rising. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So thank you for that introduction and, and your background. I want to dive into a little bit, you highlighted that, that the longstanding career of Expro in well intervention. And we cover all sorts of topics on this show. And so far, we have not really talked about well intervention. Can we go into what is well intervention? What, what does that mean? Why might you need well intervention? And, and I guess, what are some of those? What is that solution? So let's start with what is well intervention? Sure. That's a, that's a, a big question because there's a lot of different answers to that. I can give you the the Expro portfolio boilerplate explanation of what well intervention is. And I will caveat a bit to say that well intervention and integrity is a category name that we've given to one of our product lines. Mm. We also provide uh, well flow management services. We have a subsea division and we have a well construction division, which is the Franks International team um, after a recent um, acquisition, merger acquisition. So we do a little bit of everything across the well integrity um, life cycle of, of all things energy services. But from well intervention in particular, it's, it's, it's rooted in the concept of integrity. So we're looking at everything from the structural integrity of, of casing, abnormalities as we know are very common in the geothermal world, but just as much in oil and gas to understand that you have optimized flow, that you can look at different, uh, different downhole um, inconsistencies. So we have a, a suite of technologies that can provide any number of different data points that uh, operators would like to know so they can then properly intervene or mitigate those, those issues or prevent those issues from happening. Great. So I think that that, that helps us understand that 
well integrity, well intervention. The the end goal is to make the well operate kind of as it should, and and maybe in some cases, is it even possible to make a well operate better than it should? I think that's a bit more resource dependent, but I'm sure that there are case studies out there in which a well was drilled with a certain expectation of production value, and maybe over time, uh, whether it's scale buildup or some sort of degradation of casing, the production value has decreased tremendously. And a, a well intervention company such as Expro has the technologies and solutions and know-how, whether it's for oil and gas or geothermal, to intervene, to broach, to, to uh, break away that scale in some way, shape, or form, any number of ways actually, um, and, and return that well back to its original production capacity. And then who knows if the, if the, the resource reacts differently in a, in a positive way, increasing that production. Yep. Yeah, so I think that is, that's a good way to, to put the, the what is well intervention. And I think you started to allude to what the why. And I, I think that is one of the things that, that I'm very interested in on a personal level, but also as we talk about this larger energy transition, and I, I always like to point out the infrastructure transition and modernization. Is there, I guess, let's answer that why with that idea of energy transition. Why do we need to be thinking about well integrity and well intervention as we are looking into new markets like CCS and geothermal, but also as we are looking at the existing oil and gas market? That's a, that's a really good question. I, I hope I can do it justice with some sort of answer. Well integrity is, is critical for, for managing the economics of a project. Well integrity is critical to ensure that if it's a geothermal application, you've dr drilled the well, you've counted on those megawatts to the grid, and if you have a power purchase agreement that you're not living up to because of some sort of well abnormality that's affecting the integrity of it, you have to fix that as soon as possible with uh, whether it's off-the-shelf technology or some fit-for-purpose technology. Um, so understanding the well integrity along the entire life cycle of a project, again, whether it's for oil and gas or in my case for geothermal, is, is mission critical to ensure that that output, that all of these financial models were built around, is being maintained properly for the, for the, the life of that power purchase agreement or for the, for the life of that end use of whatever that byproduct is for. Um, it, well integrity is, is absolutely pivotal for that. Um, I'm pretty sure I didn't answer the 100% of your question, but I, I think I'm getting there. Yeah, I, I think that that helps us understand. There, there's the aspect of, of really what you are building your financial models on. Those, are, those have some type of life cycle for the well built in. And if you start to lose production from that well, you need to be able to bring that back. And that, that is ultimately building into that well integrity and well intervention model. Because yeah. if the well is not producing how you expect it to and how you've built your, your models on, you have to intervene. And what's interesting is as clean and as renewable and as sustainable as we all preach geothermal is, what, what is surprising to many is how corrosive some of those geothermal brines are around the world. I mean, we're talking wells in, in Southern California to the middle of, of Indonesia and beyond, 
these wells could be drilled to to perfection and within months if not a short year can be completely blocked off with different corrosion and scale buildup, which is why there's a market for well intervention mechanisms, whether that's broaching or scale inhibition through chemical um, intervention, if you will. Uh, and it's, it's just amazing how, how much, even though geothermal power is a renewable source of clean energy, that the, the, re the, the brine, the chemical makeup of those brines can be so invasive and, and, and mess with the integrity of the well. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's a, we understand the the importance here of the well integrity, well intervention when you lose integrity. Uh one big question now is the how. How do you start doing that? From a from a solution like provided by Xro standpoint? Yeah, from a solution standpoint, let's uh, you've been talking about scale a lot. Yep. And I'm, let's first answer, when it comes to scale, how do you actually solve something like a scaling, a well that's scaling up? So I will, I will keep this high level because my background has largely been on the business development, sales and marketing side, but I know enough to be dangerous when it comes to um, tiptoeing around the engineering discussions around this topic. So the, the how essentially can go in multiple different ways and it depends on the type of scale so that whether it's um, silica or, or calcite or some other uh, chemical makeup, um, and it also depends on how much of that um, obstruction is there and whether it's in a, uh, a specific spot within the casing down hole that you can target and know exactly what that range is or if it's completely blocked somewhere and you can't get past it. So therefore the production is being blocked or the injection capacity is being blocked. So you have to, you have to first identify where that anomaly is and there's, there's mechanisms within the Expro portfolio that can, that can identify where that is. Um, and then once, it, once it's identified, explore the, the, the level of that buildup, which would then dictate how invasive you need to get with your intervention uh, strategies. And so there are, there are wireline set brooches. There are other bridge busting ways to, to basically, in a purely mechanical way, get down hole and, and, and chip away at some of that calcite or some of that silica or other, other uh, scale buildups. And or there are ways in which through capillary tubing and, and other capacities that you can inject some sort of chemical makeup and an acidization capacity that will, for lack of a better term, burn away or melt away some of that, that scale buildup to, to expand the diameter of the well back to or close to its, its original diameter um, to allow that production capacity to back up to scale. Or back, sorry, back up to, to the levels that you want them to be at. Yep. Okay. And I know for geothermal, scale is a, is a big, big problem. And that's kind of what we focused on here. I'm curious how much or how common is something like scaling in oil and gas? And I guess the, just to, to, to come out with it, like the big question is where, why, how is, how is XPRO deciding geothermal is a natural progression? Sure. So I, I, I'm not in a position to speak with any sort of knowledge about the, the comparison of geothermal scale to maybe scaling as a categorical issue in oil and gas. Um, and scaling and well intervention from a, from a production and enhancement standpoint is just one aspect of like well intervention as a category. 
Um, Expro has long been a provider of the Kinley calipers, which is a mechanical uh, multi-finger caliper tool that has a, an incredibly high temperature rating, which is very attractive to geothermal operators because they know that temperature is basically not an issue with our caliper system. And we send it down hole, uh, engage the multi-finger caliper elements, um, and you log the well to understand exactly where that abnormality is. And it may not be a, a scaling abnormality. It may be some sort of degradation based on a shift in the in the well bore, whether it was some unrelated earthquake or some other sort of ground swell, whether it's reservoir direct, uh, reservoir driven or not, that has caused some sort of breakage in the casing or leaking. And so there's, there's multiple tools across the portfolio that can identify that, whether it's an oil and gas or geothermal. The beautiful thing about geothermal is that it leverages so much of the IP and intellectual skills of an oil and gas profession, whether that's engineering or geology or um, any number of the other uh, skill sets or, or degrees that many of our, our brothers and sisters in the oil and gas industry hold, as well as in, in many cases, not exclusive or, or in every case, but in many cases, a direct um, crossing the aisle, so to speak, uh, of what you can offer to an oil and gas customer you can provide in a geothermal uh, setting. Sometimes temperature is an issue. Sometimes flow rates are an issue based on what tools are going where. Uh, but there is a direct correlation between our skill sets and our technology that we can provide that makes geothermal a logical, sustainable energy solution to, to, to go after when you're diversifying your portfolio, especially with the onset uh, of the, the relevance of energy transition, the realities of climate change. I like to refer to climate action because I want to be part of the, the, the solution to climate change. And so it's not going to happen overnight. But Expro has recognized that th three of their four core product lines that I mentioned earlier have a direct application to geothermal. Mm. And, and we're leveraging every aspect of that, whether that's through Indonesia or that's through the European geothermal heating market or that's through... Um, the traditional or conventional or unconventional areas in the U.S. Yeah, I I like that, and I, I like how you brought in the the transferability and the skill sets and and even the hardware and all of the components are are basically just walking down the road in your office to a different different department saying, hey, here are these things we have. Can they be used in this field? Yeah. And I think the, I really like, I've never heard climate action in, in terms of, as we're talking about like energy transition or, or energy addition, like the, and maybe I got it wrong. Maybe you said energy action. I said I, climate action. Climate action. Okay. So I, I like that thinking of this as a climate action solution, because when we think about the oil and gas industry and really the energy industry as a whole, I think earlier today, and it's only Monday, but we've already heard multiple talks in the sessions and in the Energy Transition Pavilion here at OTC, all about how many wells need to be drilled, whether it's CCS or geothermal wells, and then talking about the, the oil and gas and the low carbon nature of offshore and how we need to keep that going. We've, we've seen this, yeah. and there is this, this impetus of, the uh, we may be talking about reducing the oil and gas wells, but the way that geothermal and, and CCS need to ramp up 
is insane. Absolutely. So ultimately, everybody is is going to be going through this reskilling and retooling if we want to one reach net zero and two also get to the point of having having abundant, reliable, resilient power for for the world. You're, you're absolutely right. Uh, what I find both invigorating, if that's the right word to use, and challenging is that as much as Expro is all in on geothermal and providing a diversified portfolio of sustainable energy solutions, there's also, of our 7,000 employees, a significant percentage of, our, of my colleagues that I have the pleasure to educate them about geothermal. Um, because as transferable as it is from our skill sets and from our technology applications, there's still a geothermal 101 conversation happening to, 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 to bridge that gap, to, to bring some of these incredible minds that I get a ple the pleasure of working with every day um, to the table, whether we're talking to customers or we're talking internally in, a, in an innovation kind of uh, capacity. So um, education is key, both for, for, for Expro internally, but also to spread the word. I've long said, and forgive me for, for pivoting here, uh, the geothermal industry has been really, really effective at preaching to the choir and, 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 and singing our praises to a geothermal audience. What we haven't done effectively yet is embrace the 100,000 people here and, 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 and bridge that gap there, educating them about the complexities and the opportunities um, of geothermal. And not just here at OTC, but, but the policymakers, um, the youth, our, our children, the future of our, of our world, embracing um, the education at the K through 12 level. I mean, there's so many opportunities to, to, to teach, not just about geothermal, but about climate action and sustainable solutions. So I'm excited. I love, I love the, uh, my role within Expro and that I get to bridge kind of the, the, the amazing things that we're doing as a company globally and, and bring that to a reality through a sustainable energy strategy um, with my background in geothermal. Yes, I completely agree. And I, I, I'm glad that you brought that up, the education component, because that I think is a natural segue into, uh, into the other question of why. Why are you here at OTC? Why, I guess, why are we talking about geothermal at OTC? So as you're talking about the need for education, the need for advocacy, I guess that that's the question of why slash how are you doing that in the grander picture? Uh, uh, that's a great question. I'm doing that uh, in multiple different ways. Um, one of which through Expro um, and on behalf of Expro, I'm at OTC helping uh, Geothermal Rising launch their Texas, Oklahoma, Louisiana regional interest group, which is exciting. We've got a, a booth here in the Energy Transition Pavilion and we're getting steady foot traffic to educate and bring a regional focus, which I think is incredibly exciting because this region, Texas, Louisiana, Oklahoma, has such a wealth of oil and gas expertise, knowledge, and investment to, to bring geothermal to the front of people's minds. And so um, we're, we're launching our, our regional interest group and, and signing people up every day. And um, that's really exciting. So that is the tactical purpose of why I'm here. Um, but in a broader picture, anyone, whether I'm in line to get a coffee or I'm, I'm talking with people standing in front of the booth, uh, that I have the opportunity to talk about geothermal is a, is a great day for me. 
Um, so, so that is that is the like most immediate reason why I'm here. But I also serve on, um, or I've recently been elected to the International Geothermal Association board, and I am bestowing that upon myself to be a champion globally, to to not just again preach to the choir. Obviously, we'll be uh, in, uh, getting people excited about geothermal within the geothermal world, but it's my goal to get geothermal to have a seat at the larger renewable table, you know, so we can um, get a, a larger percentage of that total renewable energy capacity from geothermal and how we do that um, while, while not competing against other renewables, but working together with renewables in, in some way, shape or form. And so um, that is another way. I'm also an ambassador for Basel Capital's um, Hidden Powers book. So. Um, over the next few months, we'll be uh, unveiling that through Expro to to read this story about geothermal um, to children all around the world. So that's a really exciting way. So I, I feel like I'm checking a lot of different boxes that are that's filling my bucket, if you will, to to spread the joy and, and good word about all things geothermal. Yes, and uh, thankfully you've come on to this podcast yeah. to also spread the word. So uh, thank you for for being a guest and and. I think just in general, it's always fun to talk about geothermal and I completely support and reiterate your thoughts of anytime I get to mention geothermal and help people see and understand that aha moment and people who maybe not think about or, or, or realize what large, vast opportunity we have with geothermal and what vast opportunity industries like the oil and gas industry have with geothermal. Absolutely. I always love bringing that up and helping people see that. And, and then I get to see their realization on that. Absolutely. Well, with that, I think I want to, it looks like we've got some time. I want to transition into the closing final questions. These are the questions I usually ask all my guests. Sometimes this doesn't happen at live shows. So I'm glad it's happening today. Awesome. The first one being, what is a favorite book of yours that you would recommend? A favorite book of mine is a book that I'm rereading again right now. And it's by Tim Grover. It's called Relentless. And many of you may not know, if I stand up, you will. I'm I'm six foot ten. So I was an athlete all my life. So uh, the mental side of sports, coaching, training, competing has in my blood. And Relentless is about... Um, going from good to great to unstoppable and the, the mental strength and commitment that that takes to be unstoppable um, and, and not just in an athletic setting but in any application and it has great anecdotes about some of my favorite athletes and how they train and and the difference between those that are unstoppable versus those are good or great and that there's no like wrong category to be in but the the different stages of and mentalities it's, it's a fascinating book that sounds like a great one. I'm going to add that to the list. Cool. The next question is, when will we be net zero as a society? I'd like to say 2030. I'd like to, but let's, let's be honest. Um, even 2050 seems a bit, a bit ambitious. And if, if 2050 is going to be at the tip of people's tongues, policymakers and other states and governments and countries, then we have to, we have to double down or triple down on our pace. We have the technology. We have the know-how. We have the applications. What we don't have is the stacking of success stories, stacking Mm. of actual real projects. I mean, one of your previous case or one of your previous podcasts was interviewing someone talking about 
uh, carbon capture, right? And the fact that that's a great concept, but the but we have to do like a hundred times more of that to make a dent, right? And so 2050, I think, is a great goal. Let's go for it. Let's get all in. But we need to do more to make 2050 happen. Yep. Yeah, and I, I think it was a hundred times more in order to offset what we're actively putting into yeah. the climate each year. Yeah. So that's just to offset, not necessarily to start reducing. So yeah, yeah it's a it's an ambitious goal when today somebody mentioned two wells. There's two wells in the U.S. that are class six that have active carbon injection for sequestration. Two versus needing to 100x our carbon sequestration. It's yeah. it's a significant challenge. And I, I think realizing, talking to you, I've asked so many people going on 100 episodes now. Congratulations, the, by the way. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I've been asking the when. When do we get to 25th or when do we get to net zero? But now I think I'm going to start asking, how do we get there? Because I think that's part of the problem is that it is a lot of talk. Like, when are we going to get there? What are the goals are we going to set? But not what you just pointed out. We need to start having success stories. We need to start getting to the how are we going to do it and start doing it. Absolutely. Now, the last question, you actually get to ask me a question. Awesome. Well, what many people may not know is that I've known you about as long as we both have been in the geothermal industry. So going on 15 years now, I've seen you advance in your career and I've, I've championed you all along the way. We've actually had maybe a month of our careers where we got to work together before uh, Tavera came and called, which was, which was great. Um, we've long been advocates at every stop. And I've shared a bit about how I'm trying to champion the spreading of, of all things geothermal, the word about all things geothermal. How, how are you taking that challenge on either personally or through, through Tavera and your, and your day job and or what are we not doing to better spread the word about geothermal? That is a, that's a good question, a big question. I think the, the way that I'm doing this with Tavera is going to as many shows as I can, talking about it. This is the second year that I have presented at OTC talking about geothermal. And that was something that that it was brought in from somebody that we hired who was, was very pro offshore technology conference. And, and while there's no offshore geothermal right now, we are pushing it because oil and gas especially offshore is is should as the lowest carbon oil it should be the last oil to be taken out of the energy basket and the best way that we can help advanced geothermal is by answering those questions of of how do we like how do we do something like offshore because right now everybody thinks oh it's it's way too expensive it's not going to happen that's crazy so the whole idea of opening new markets is, I guess, getting to the other question of how do we do it? So I think that's what I've been doing is championing, let's keep opening and looking at new markets. I first was reluctant for the offshore. I was like, yeah, it's probably not gonna work. But now now I am also like, I can see a path to the first geothermal project offshore. I think it's a great idea. 
we need to keep moving forward. And I think that's, that's where I am with that. And as far as with geothermal rising and, and the greater conversation, similar to you, I, I try to volunteer. I, I ran unsuccessfully for the GR board last year. Maybe I'll run again. Who knows? Everybody join GR and vote for me. <laughs> Un- shameless plug there. Absolutely. And, but, but in all seriousness, I think any chance I get, I talk about geothermal. And that is going to continue to be the goal and continue to be the, the push. As far as what we're not doing, I am not entirely sure because like I, as you said, I've been here the whole time too. So I think I also am in, in, in some respect, I am also in that echo chamber of, of preaching to the choir. We all know and want and are excited for geothermal, but obviously there's something that's not clicking because it, it's not taking off the way solar and wind and everything else about the energy transition is even though we know that it's yeah. the best opportunity yeah it is the answer of course but nobody else knows that yet so i don't know and i think that right now understanding why we don't know is part of the part of the question we have to figure out what we don't know in order to try and answer it i, th- I think what would be interesting because there's so much happening today and over the last six months and, and presumably over the next couple of years, it'd be great to like look back five years from now and marvel at the advancement of a, an acceptance and understanding of, of geothermal because there is so much of, of, of that activity and outreach happening today. So it would be really interesting to see um, where we've come from where we think we are now to where we can be in five years from now because of, I mean, the right amount of people, well, not nearly enough people, but the right people are, are committed to spreading the word, whether that's through the youth of our, the future or that's through policymakers or investment uh, investors, et cetera. So I'm really excited to see where this is going. I really am. Yep, absolutely. Well, with that, Patrick, thank you for joining me on the show today. Before we sign off, is there anything else that you'd like to say? Well, I know that you have a global audience, uh, but for all of those that are interested in learning more about geothermal and maybe uh, being further involved in the, in the community and or the industry, uh, go to geothermal.org, um, take a look around, sign up to become a member of Geothermal Rising. And if you're in the Southwest area of Texas, Louisiana, and Oklahoma, we are launching a geothermal regional interest group here at the show and, and for the foreseeable future. So. Uh, check it out, sign up, and, and learn more. All right, Patrick, thank you. Thanks, and John. thank you, everyone, for joining us on this episode of the Energy Transition Solutions Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, share it with a friend and leave a review telling me what you're enjoying most or what you'd like to hear more of. If you want to hear more news and energy-related stories, we have all sorts of energy-related podcasts on OGGN. You can find them by connecting with us on LinkedIn or visiting OGGN.com. One more thing, I have a quick favor to ask. I have a one-question survey that I want you to go fill out. The link for that is also in the show notes. If you go and fill it out, we can send you some stickers. 
Finally, if you have any questions, comments, corrections, or have a story that you would like to share, send me an email or find me on LinkedIn. And until next time, remember to keep it low carbon and high energy. Join us again next week for another low carbon, high energy story on the Energy Transition Solutions Podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.